we started some three weeks ago. Um, Dina did an introduction, then Pastor Sylvester took us, I think it was verse 2, and today we are going on verse 3 of Psalm 23. Shall we pray? Father, we are grateful to you this morning for the chance to come before you and just go through the scripture, be inspired, be instructed, be corrected, so that we may be more like you. I pray for your grace to speak and grace to listen. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, so Psalm 23, uh, we did go through, we did read the entire chapter with uh, when Pastor Sylvester was, was sharing. But today, we are going to focus on three, which is right at the bottom. He restores my soul. He leads me in the in path of righteousness for his name's sake. That's our main focus. And for those who have been filling in the, uh, the cards that uh, Samson was talking about earlier, our focus or the word for today is resilience and guidance. So resilience and guidance. I don't know if anyone is taking, filling in of those forms seriously. Oh, wow. Good, good. I, I hope I hope there will be competition. You know, when it comes to giving the prize, then you wish you had done it. So partly why we do it is to encourage you to follow through the series um, and just uh, get into the word. But also at the end of the day, it's nice to get that reward. So don't be surprised when somebody ends up at either Hungry Lion or the Bonaires. I don't know what the price is, but I'm just saying it will be good if you can get yourself involved. Yeah, so our scripture, like I said, he restores my soul. So I thought maybe uh, before we go into the details to just try and understand the word restore. So when I checked the word restore, basically it means to bring back or to re-establish, to re-establish or uh, to bring something back to its original place. Now, I, I got thinking, just the word restoration itself, I got thinking of an event that happened in France in 2019. There's uh, the cathedral, um, Notre Dame. I don't know, I speak, I'm basically from a Portuguese background, but that's French. And this is a, a huge cathedral with a lot of sentiments attached to it. And what happened, there was a fire that broke out. And part of it was actually destroyed by the fire. And since then, there's been um, charities formed, a lot of money has been raised, trying to restore it back to its original state. This is a cathedral that was built in the 1100s. And uh, when, when I got to read just about the story behind, the history behind this cathedral, there's a lot of sentiments attached to it. They want to maintain whatever had been done back then. They want, it, they want to preserve it. So they are, built, they, are, they are restoring it, not changing what was done before. And this is the scripture that we are also talking about restoring. What does the restoring mean? And we are talking about restoring our soul. 
And God is interested. This is a building, a, a building that people are so interested about. They've raised millions and millions of, of, of dollars trying to restore it. This is a structure. But you know, God is interested on you. He's interested in my life. He's interested in yours. And it's not just a building that has been destroyed by fire. This is a human being that he made in his own image. This is you and me that he placed such a price. And his intention from the very beginning is that you and I walk in close union with him, that we are so connected to him, we are not separated with him. And what happened at the beginning is that there was that separation that came through sin. So you and I were separated from God, and God devised the plan, and he sent Jesus, and Jesus put us back to God. He restored us back to God. And it didn't end there, because we are living on this earth, there are so many things that happen. And when those things happen, there's that separation that again happens in your life. And that separation that happens, this is where the scripture is saying, he restores my soul. Daily as we walk in faith, as we try to follow Jesus, there are those things that happen that move us away from staying in that close proximity with God. And he, again and again, he wants us back closer. He wants to restore us. What is the soul? The soul is the part of us that thinks we know the human body is made of body, soul, and spirit. So the soul is the part of us that thinks, chooses, feels. So the mind, the will, the emotions, that's what we are talking about. The psalmist there is saying, he restores, God restores that part. For it to be restored, it means something happens. Not so. I talked about the, this cathedral I was talking about. It was built, it was there, it was beautiful, it's been there, they've maintained it. But now an event happened that destroyed it, partly. And what, if, if God should restore my soul, it means something happens. Now, what are some of the, those things that happen whereby then we need to go back to God for him to restore us? If I can have the slide. The things that damage our soul. So, number one thing that damages our soul, that causes us not to have that cl close walk with God is unaddressed grudges. We know what grudges are, and they can destroy us. Just like the fire destroyed the, the cathedral, the grudges, the things that are done to us that we try to cling to, we try to hold on to, sometimes we feel we are justified to hold on to those. Those are things that destroy the part of you that thinks, that has feelings, that has the emotions, the grudges, they do that. Number two thing that can damage your soul is unconfessed guilt. So you sin and you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to address it. You don't, you don't say it to somebody. You don't say it to God. It doesn't go away because you are not addressing it. It is there, it has happened. The best that you can do, face it, address it, so that you move on, you stay close to God. Number three, 
unprocessed grief. This one, I've, I think all of us here, we have uh, uh, suffered some form of, of loss, loss of a beloved one, loss of something you treasure. And sometimes we, we, we get stuck, we, we stay there. And such things, it means then uh, the way we, we think, the way our feelings are, the way we process everything, then it can, if we don't address it, go now away from God. It can hinder our relationship with God. So I don't know, maybe you lost something or someone so, so close. There is a time to grieve, and the Bible does allow us to grieve. But we shouldn't grieve like people who are without hope. That's what the Bible tells us. So we need to grieve, but then it can't be like the people of the world. We are, we, we are led by different set of principles, and God has given us guide how we are supposed to grieve. So if you have unprocessed grief, that also can damage your soul. So we need to be very, very careful on how we lead our lives as we try to follow Jesus. Because like I said, that, that was the whole purpose, this whole journey. It's about us being restored back to God. The, verse, uh, the second part of the scripture, Psalm 23, uh, part B, it talks about God leading us. Uh, if I can have the scripture back, Claudio, please. So, he restores my soul, he leads me in path of righteousness for his name's sake. So, the first part we're dealing with is him restoring our soul. The second part is him leading us in the path of righteousness. So, if we want to be led by God, it means then there's a certain expectation or there's a certain way of thinking that we are supposed to have for us to have him lead us. The Bible in James 1 verse 8 talks about a double-minded person. So a person who cannot decide because at the end of the day, all of us, we are where we are today because of certain decisions that we've made. Amen. Are you here? Yes. So I'm saying we are where we are today because of certain decisions that we've made. I am here today because of certain decisions. Some of them I made them 20 years ago. And here I am. Okay? So every decision that we make will lead us somewhere. And the Bible cautions us not to be people who have minds in two places. Last week, we were being challenged to say, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, make sure you follow him and follow him fully. Don't be, uh, you, you have one leg here, you have one leg there. If you think following Jesus it's of no profit to you. Then if one day, that was the preacher last Sunday, if you end up in hell, then you know the very reason why you are there, because you made the choice not to follow Christ. But when you choose to follow Christ, the, he expects us that we follow him fully. We don't partially follow him today, and tomorrow we decide to go back. And sometimes that's how we live our lives. We live our lives by 
just today maybe I'm a Christian or the environment, does it allow me to be a Christian or what is it happening in my life? No, when we make a decision, we should stick to it, especially a decision that has eternal value, like your salvation. So it's a decision that we are supposed to follow through. And yes, it's hard. It does get hard along the way. But he has provided for, for us. He has given us the Holy Spirit to help us. He has given us leaders. He has given us friends. He has placed you in a community. So there is enough help for you to be able to follow him. So he does expect us to follow him wholeheartedly. Amen. So if we want to be led by God, then there are certain things that we cannot do. If I want to be led by God, I cannot. Number one, follow culture that is not aligned to God. Uh, Exodus 23, uh, verse 2, do not follow the crowds in doing wrong. In, in this part, um, in, on this point, following culture, I, I, I was taken to the time when the Israelites, uh, that's in 1 Samuel, when, when the Israelites, uh, when uh, the Bible talks of Samuel having grown old and he put his children to lead uh, the children of Israel, but then they came to him and they're like, you are old and your children are not following God, so we want you to give us a king. And when you read that passage, the, the, the children of Israel, they were insisting, they are like, we want to be like the other nations. Give us a king. And God told Samuel to say, you tell the people, the king that they are asking, he's going to make their children work for him. He's going to take their servants. So not just making them his servants, you take even them if they have servants, you make those servants work for him, work in his fields, do his work, all of this burden that you lay on them. And they still said, give us a king. We want to be like other nations. And sometimes even us, we may be like that. But the Bible is saying we should not follow culture. If the culture is aligned to God, God's word, we are not saying culture is bad. Culture in its own definition is the way we do things around here. But if those things that we do are not aligned to God's word, then we shouldn't follow them. The children of Israel did that and they are like, no, 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 we want a king. Give us a king. We just want to be like others. How many times have we in our own lives just looked at somebody and like, I just want to be like that one. Make sure the one you want to be like is following Christ. Because if you just emulate them and you want to follow them and you want to be like them, you don't know where you end up tomorrow. And the children of Israel did that. They were told if the decision, the demands that you are making, this will be destructive. And they're like, no, 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 we don't mind. We don't care. Just give us a king because we want to be like other nations. So the Bible is cautioning us not to follow culture. So in our own culture, either our culture in our home, our culture in our upbringing, our culture here in Zambia, our culture maybe in my own nation where I come from, we need to see what things are in that culture that are not aligned to God. What things in that culture that do not please God. Then I as a Christian, I shouldn't follow it. 
Number two, if I want to be led by God, then I should not follow friends who are not being led by God. The scripture, 1 John 3 verse 7, Dear children, do not, do not le let anyone lead you the wrong way. Christ is righteous, so be like Christ. A person must do what is right. That's what I was just explaining. So we can't follow friends, especially sometimes when, when we are still young. Um, it's a tendency. It also goes maybe with age, exposure. We tend to follow what our friends are doing. And especially if we admire that friend and we think the friend is so cool, then we tend to just follow. But we shouldn't follow blindly. Like I was saying, check out what, what, what are the principles that are guiding the friend that you are following. What, what, what do they do? What do they feed their minds? What is shaping them? So you shouldn't, you shouldn't just follow somebody. You shouldn't just follow them without knowing who they are following. If you are going to follow them, check out who are they following. If they are following Jesus and you are being inspired, it is okay to follow somebody and they inspire you. I remember when growing up, there was a lady, she was a missionary in Mozambique. And uh, she was from Zimbabwe, Sister Reni. She's late now. I remember I just loved the way she loved God. And that so much inspired me. And uh, I wanted to spend time with her. I wanted to ask her a question, hear about where she was coming from. I was coming from a, a background where I wasn't privileged to have mature, uh, uh, mature people, mature in terms of age, and also mature in terms of following Jesus. So she was my inspiration in my early years uh, of following Christ. I loved spending time with her. There's nothing wrong with that. So if you are going to follow somebody, check them out and see what, what things are they doing or who are they following, number three. Um, if I want to be led by God, I cannot be led by circumstances. Uh, Esther, yes, Esther, please. Uh, Claudia, if you can have the scripture. Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. When a gentle sound wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity, so they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of the creek. Before very long, a wind of hurricane forced called the Northeaster, swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could and could not head into the wind. So we gave way into it and were driven along. Amen. So, if you want to follow Jesus, you cannot be led by circumstances. So, and uh, the account we are reading here, it was Paul on the journey to Italy. Um, the Bible says that Paul, Paul himself says to the captain, from a different version I read, says to the captain, I, I, I perceive that if we take this journey, the weather is not good for us. So I, I would advise that we don't proceed. And the majority of the people in this ship said, no, 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 I think we should go. 
I think we should go. So in the end, the captain decides to embark on this journey. And exactly what Paul had warned them to say would happen did happen. And that is following circumstances. And sometimes we do follow circumstances because it's, it's the most popular thing that everyone is doing. It's, maybe it's the trending thing or it's the most acceptable thing. In this case, the man of God says to them, I perceive God has shown me that we should not embark on this journey, at least not, not right now. And sometimes in our lives, we may have, when we allow people to speak into our lives, we may have those who are mentoring us, those who are speaking into our lives. They may tell us to say, I think what you want to do, it may be okay, but right now, may not be the best. Can you see the words I'm using? It may be okay. And sometimes when you, when you are walking the journey of life with somebody, it's not about me imposing my likes or dislikes on you. It's about me guiding you. So I may say, I, I do not think this is the right thing or it may not be the right thing for you to do right now. But sometimes we may just decide to go against such an advice. And it's important in life to listen. Listen to the people around you. Listen to the people that you have allowed to speak in your life. So if they had listened to what Paul had said, then the calamity, because he's saying the damage that will come, it will not just be on the cargo that we have in this ship. It's also going to be on our own lives. It's possible that there may be loss of life. But the people, the majority of the people said, no, I think we should go. And the captain followed what the other people had said because they were more as opposed to following what um, Paul had advised. If I want to be led by God, uh, earlier we were talking, just now we are talking about what we shouldn't do, but then there are things that we should do. So if I want to be led by God, what must I do? Uh, number one, I need to want to be led. Not so. <laughs> I need to want to be led. There's, there's no point in wanting God to lead you, but you don't want him to lead you. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Psalm 40 verse 8, my, my God, I want to do what you want. Your teachings are, my, are in my heart. So you can't, you can't you can't desire, you can't say you want to be led by God, but you do not want him to lead you. So you need to have that desire. I want, I want, it's like when you, when you give your life to Jesus, it's not a forcing matter. I, I don't know if anyone of us gave our lives to Christ because we are forced. Anyone? It's a choice. It's a decision. It's a choice that you make, you need to make. If you haven't made that choice, I would encourage you, I would urge you to make the choice. But you need to arrive at the place where you make the decision because it's a journey that you yourself, you need to lead. It's not, you don't give your life to Jesus and then you say, oh, mom, follow Jesus for me. No, it doesn't work like that. Unfortunately, there are certain things that you can delegate to somebody. 
You can ask somebody to pray for you. But to follow Christ, it's a journey. It's a journey for you to walk on. It's a journey that you must take responsibility for yourself. That's why you make the decision. So if you want to be led by God, you need to want to let him lead you. So I don't know. Then it goes like we are saying, we are talking about the emotions, the part of you that has emotions, the part of you that makes the decisions, the part of you that has the feelings. What is the disposition of that part in you? Is the disposition of your heart, of that of yielding to God, of that of saying, I surrender to you, Lord, so that you may lead me. Or you still are holding back. There are certain things that you still feel, ah, no, this one I think I can manage. You know, sometimes we, we say, I, I, work, I work with people. So sometimes if I see somebody has a lot of work, I go to them. Are you sure? You are okay with this work, or I need to assign some of your work to somebody else. Now I have two types of people, I think in general. There are those ones who always feel, hmm, why are you asking? Maybe if you give that work to somebody else and they do it better than me, maybe you give my job to somebody else, then they will tell you, no, I can manage. I think I can manage. But then you check their deadline, they fail to deliver. Because why? They are trying to do everything themselves. No, they can't manage. But why they are not surrendering some of the work is because of fear. And sometimes we don't want to be led because there's that part of us, this Jesus, if I give him to lead me, then what will I be left with? Maybe there will be no more fun. I can't chill out with my friends. I can't do those other things that I do which no one knows about. But if you want Jesus to lead you, you need to want to be led. Number two, you need also to be willing to do what he is asking you to do. Because there's, there's always a price to pay. And at the end of the day, it's for a noble cause. So if you want to be led by God, you need to be willing to do what he will ask you to do. Sometimes he may ask you to part away with something that has been so precious to you, that you have treasured, but he sees that it's of little or no value to your life. There is, no, there is nothing you are gaining out of it. It could be a relationship that is so toxic, that is hindering you from growing in grace, growing in God. And he will say, no, take it out. I, I don't want you in that relationship. And sometimes we, we block. And you know those moments when you, you begin, like, like the, the snake said to the woman, did God say? And you know it yourself when you start to question the scripture that you've always known. Then you say, but God, did he really mean? Have you been in those, in those situations where you begin to question the scripture that you've always known and it has always made sense and all of a sudden it doesn't. And you begin to say, but did he really mean? Did God really, did he say, which is what the snake said when, he, when he, the snake was talking to the woman. Did God say, did he really say, I don't think he said. And once you begin to to trade in those grounds, you know that you are probably 
almost going off the track. Because what you are doing, you are trying to justify your actions with the scripture. You want the scripture to align to you. You want the scripture to align to what you are doing as opposed to yourself align, aligning to the scripture. So we begin, we begin to question the things that we've always known to be right. We've always known to be true. And all of a sudden, because you are in this thing, whatever it is you are trying to do or you are trying, but is it really wrong because I'm already here and uh, the opportunity has presented itself. You even justify that it's an opportunity that God, God has just opened the door. God has just uh, given me. There's a colleague of mine who were at a dinner a few days ago. And then he's like, ah, ah you know what? Ah, it's very difficult to corrupt you. So I, when I went home, okay, he, he kept, he repeated that sentence. So when I went home, I was thinking, hmm. I've worked with this person for almost eight years. So I began, I was searching because, you know, when somebody's saying, it's very difficult to corrupt you, then I'm thinking, when did they try? That's what I was saying. I kept thinking, but when did they try? I'm, I'm beginning to think of the times I interacted with them or the times if they looked like they were doing me a favor and time, so I'm like... He must have really tried because he's mentioned it more than once. Ah, you know, of all the people I know I work with here, this one is he's even gone to my boss and told my boss, this one, she's very difficult to corrupt. So I'm like, mm. sometimes people could be bringing tests along your path without you knowing. And if your eyes are not open and you don't allow yourself to align to scripture, you begin to align scripture to you. And those are the moments when you begin to say, ah, did God really say? Ah, did he really say? And you even start an argument where you want to win. Now for me, people like that, um, okay, I say, my son sometimes says, ah, but you just like to say, I, I don't like to get too much into confrontation, so I'll withdraw. So if I think the person is just saying for the sake of saying or saying for the sake of wanting to prove themselves right, then I back. I just, okay, fine. If that's what you believe, fine. Now, if you end up with someone like me who tends not to be too confrontational and argumentative, you may end up in the wrong thing because all you are doing is let the scripture come to me, not you moving towards what the scripture says. Number three, if you want to be led by God, you must... Look to his word. Psalm 119.105, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. And that's how we should be led by God. Let his word lead you. Let his word guide you. Because that's, that's, that's the best thing you can do. Because his word is constant. People change. Circumstances change. Situations change, but his word remains the same. So if you want to be led by God, let his word lead you. Allow scripture to speak to you. Don't first 
conceive an idea, then you go to the scripture to justify what you want to do. But when you are reading the word of God, allow the word, it's life. It's alive. When you read scripture, it breathes life into your life. So allow the word of God to speak into your life. Allow the word of God to speak in your situation. Don't take scripture to align to your situation. So that's what it takes to be led by God. It's not by me trying to follow what my friends are saying, follow what the circumstance is saying, follow what the majority are doing or what the majority are saying. We need to allow God, his word to speak to us. We need to allow him to, to, to want him to lead us, to, to get to that place. I like when we are doing uh, this psalm, psalm 23, the animal that we are using, the lamb, gentle. Uh, Pastor Silvester elaborated uh, last time he was sharing on how the lamb is, how it needs to be guided. If it's left alone, it can just go astray, it can get lost. And that's the attitude we ought to have, where I am not in control of my own life, but I'm so gentle, I'm flexible to allow God to lead me by his spirit, where I do not try to manipulate people. And when people are speaking into my life, I don't try to, to, to stick to what I think I should do. But listen, listen, what, what is it this person is saying? Maybe it may not make sense to you right now. And you know, sometimes when you are young, you are very, you are very short term. When you are young, you see things the now. You don't see things 10 years down the road. You don't see things. And sometimes you begin to think, 10 years. So if we are now uh, 2021, 10 years, mm, 2030 something, ah, will I even be there? When you are young, sometimes you think like that. You just think about today and tomorrow. You don't think about what will happen. That's why often when we are young, we make a lot of mistakes because we are very short term. We don't see the things and like, ah, they made their mistakes. Let me also make mine. Ah, you, you enjoyed life. And sometimes we do, we do, and we do say, we say things like that. We feel that way. Ah, anyway, that one is just jealous. Uh, no, I, I don't want, we, we keep the grudges, we keep all of this luggage, and then God can't work with us, or we can't fulfill our full potential when we do that. So to be led by God, it calls on you and I to be so gentle like the lamb, to be so flexible, to allow him by his spirit to lead us. The last point if you want to be led by God, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. And that is the best, the best thing we can do. Because sometimes you can think, ah, to just go by what other people are saying. Because sometimes you may feel, ah, what other people are saying is, I don't like it. If you don't like it and you are mature enough, then... Pray. Because God leads the old and the young. The same, the Holy Spirit is available to each one of us. He is available to you. So if you have given your life to Jesus, 
There's no reason why you should be arguing with somebody because they are trying to advise you in a certain way which you don't agree with. Pray. Pray and ask God to lead you. Ask him to say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm in this situation. I don't know how to handle it. Please help me. That's the best thing you can do. When Jesus was going, he said to his disciples, I'm not going to leave you on your own. I'll send you the comforter, the Holy Spirit, who will be with you all the time, always. He will never leave you. He will be there with you. And he is inside of you. He lives in you. You can speak to him. You can pray to him. You can ask him to lead you. So as we are going through the series of living in his goodness, we want to live in his goodness here on earth, not just in eternity. Here on earth, in eternity, yes, that is good. But here on earth, we want to live in his goodness. We want to know that we are being guided by God. We want to know that he is restoring us of the parts that have been so broken, that have been so crushed. And some of us, we've buried those parts of us. Now, when you bury something, you have not dealt with it. It is still there. When a, an opportunity comes, it will come up. And sometimes that's where you see some people, a small thing happens. Or maybe you do a very small thing to them. And then they flare up. You're like, wow, it was just this small. Why? No, it wasn't what you said today. It was a lot of things that were already in there. What you said just triggered it. And some of us, we are like that. We are so full. There's no room. There is nothing. Why? Because we are carrying those grudges are in us. We are keeping them. And we think by keeping them and keeping up with this nice appearance, we've dealt with it. No, if it's inside there, you haven't dealt with it, you haven't addressed it, it will find its way out somehow. And God, when he created you and I, and man was separated from God, he devised a plan and sent Jesus to restore you back to him. So if you are here and you have not taken that first step of saying, I'm a sinner, I need Jesus to restore me back to God, you have a chance today to just get back to your maker. You have a chance today to just say, Lord, I'm coming home. I'm tired running away. I'm tired being in, in control of my life. I think I'm in control of my life, but it's so hard, and I am tired. You have a chance today to give your life to Jesus. But maybe some of us, we are those that are, things have been done. Yes, you gave your life to Jesus, but things were done to you that crushed your soul, that you feel you are not whole anymore, that you feel you are so damaged, you are so destroyed, that part of you, the emotions, that part of you that needs to think the right way of thinking is so destroyed that you can't think, you can't think straight, your decisions, you are always in two minds, you can't make up your decision and stick to it. Even the decision that you made to follow Jesus today, yes, you're following tomorrow, no. 
and that's how your journey has been, you have a chance today to just say, ah, I'm tired with this way of life. I want to follow Jesus, and I mean 100% business. We are not saying it's going to be easy, but you have a helper. The comforter makes it easy. You have somebody to go to. You have somebody to cry to. You have somebody to help you. And maybe you are here, this thing of uh, being led by God, Maybe you've done it sometimes, sometimes you haven't really done so. And today you're just like, ah, I realize it's too much work to be on the driver's seat. I think I want to follow. I think I want to let go of the things that I've held so dear. We know what those things are. What is it that you've held so dear that is not beneficial to you? That has no value in eternity. That actually it's standing between you and having a close walk with God. That is making you wanting to question, did God really say? Because you want to justify your actions. Shall we rise to our feet? I just want you to take a moment to think about your life and about the, the word this morning. Check your, word, uh, check your life against the word. Check your life against the scripture. And you see, is your life aligned to the scripture or you are trying to make the scripture align to your life?